Thanks to HoneyBook for supporting the AppleBits XL podcast. If you run your own business, you're used to doing it all, and trust me, I know what that is all about, but if you're struggling to get through your to-do list, HoneyBook can help. So go to HoneyBook.com slash AppleBits with a Z for 50% off your first year. All right, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the AppleBits XL Brian Tong here, your host with the most everybody. This is episode 101. We passed the century mark. Thank you so much for everyone who's continued to support this. Look, we're just wrapping up the holidays here. Christmas is done here in the States. So happy holidays. Merry post-Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. All the above for those of you that I have not, that I might have missed there. But just want to say thank you so much for your support. We have a fun show coming up. Uh, This is... Really, 2019, a great solid year for Apple. So we brought in guest Lance Yulnoff to talk about 2020, looking beyond. What can Apple do better? Now, before we do that, we do have a couple pieces of business to attend to. First up, I want to say to start the new year, 2020, the new decade. You know, this is a way to support the show that I've been putting out now for about a year and a half now. And so if you could support me at patreon.com slash Brian Tong, starting at $2 per month, goes up to $5, $10, $25, the $100 platinum level, different rewards at different levels. The biggest thing here, early access to this podcast, as well as a completely ad-free version. You won't hear any ads in it. So appreciate that. And also be a part of this show. You know what to do. All you have to do is create a voice memo on your phone, whether it's Apple or Android. Tell me your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, your comments, thoughts, questions, opinions, corrections. They're all all welcome here. Send it along to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebitsshow with a Z. All right, let's just get into how Apple can do better in 2020 with me and Lance. All right, everybody, Lance Yulinoff here in the house, editor-chief and LifeWire, friend of the show, a consistent guest and contributor. Lance, thanks so much for coming out today. Thanks for having me. Yes, you know, can you tell people, before we get into this, that aren't familiar with some of your work, uh, what have you been up to and where they can find your stuff? Well, so I'm currently editor-in-chief of LifeWire.com, which is a great site for all kinds of, like, how do I do this thing with technology content? So any search you do on Google, you're going to find us. And um, I've been doing a a twice-weekly newsletter called Untangled for it, which is kind of a column and uh, takes a a sort of different look at technology, maybe a little bit more positive, a little bit more real world. And, uh, of course, I'm still on Twitter and social media. And, yes, I'm even on TikTok. Oh, my. You're doing the TikTok, Lance? I am absolutely obsessed with TikTok. <laughs> I really am. There's a, I, I'm, I'm beginning to think I have a little bit of, bit of a problem, but um, <laughs> I, you know, seriously, I, I love to track new media platforms mm-hmm. and the rise of TikTok is, is just meteoric. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. And of course now uh, all the uh, brands are getting on. So it's kind of not as necessarily as weird and cool and funky a space as it was before, but it's still fascinating and I'm still learning the tools and, it's just, yeah. I, so, yes, you can find me there too. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? I love how you talk. Look, this is why we're passionate about tech. And what I think the craziest thing about TikTok is, is seeing all the tools they have and knowing that my nieces and nephews who they're used to video editing now through these platforms and not through a traditional platform like 
even iMovie or Final Cut, they're doing their video editing and sh- their brains are being trained to think and shoot like like filmmakers, like content creators, just through these apps. And it's absolutely fascinating to see yeah. that. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And it's very, you know, I, um, one of the things I do is I work with um, my, my uh, the university I graduated from. I'm a, a digital, digital uh, sort of expert in residence or whatever you call it. But, you know, I talk to the students about new uh, new storytelling platforms, and I am convinced that platforms like TikTok tell us something about the future of storytelling, and that it's not you can't get married to any one platform. You have to understand there's always going to be new tools, new ways of doing it. But it's always kind of the and and especially you look at the most compelling TikToks are kind of story based. They have there's like a little story happening in fifteen to thirty or sixty seconds, and and I think that's really important because it, it just doesn't matter whether it's horizontal or vertical, whether it's done on a PC or it's done on mobile. It's still just storytelling, but you have to stay in tune with the new tools so you're not left behind. Yeah, it's absolutely it's absolutely really crazy. And, and it's also really exciting just as tech fans. And you know what? I brought you here because we're both tech fans. We have both been covering Apple for quite some time. We are dare I say veterans in this, in this mm-hmm. game, but you know, we, <laughs> yeah. we wanted to talk about, we did this last year and it was really fun and we had a back and forth. I don't know. We're doing another list where I don't know what's on your list. You don't know what's on mine, but the topic today is what can Apple do better in 2020? And the, the fact of the matter is that I don't know how you feel about what they did, but in 2019, I think they absolutely crushed it this year. I thought they finally listened to their hardcore con- consumer base. There are Hardcore fans, the iPhone 11 Pro really honestly surprised me, knocked it out of the park. The MacBook Pro, they brought in the keyboard. The Apple Watch is the Apple Watch. They just did a lot of things across the board that made me feel like, wow, they're they're actually kind of going back to some of the fundamentals and just killing it. And they, I think they had a great year, at least from a standpoint of someone who lives in that ecosystem. And yeah, they didn't do everything great. But what did you think about 2019 for them? Yeah, I thought it was a strong year. I mean, I think that they... Uh, they solidified certain positions. Uh, you know, there were no, there were really no radical moves, mm-hmm. but there were. I, I definitely agree with you that they did seem to listen to what consumers wanted on an almost very specific product-based, you know, way. That you know, when you look at the improvements to the AirPods Pro, like how you know they're smaller, they're water, you know, they're they're not waterproof, but they're sweat and splashproof. Mm-hmm. And you look at the the keyboard system and how they, you know, as much as they will say, <laughs> Apple is a company where they kind of they block and tackle on. We did nothing wrong. Everything we did is always perfect and wonderful. But meanwhile, they're actually taking in all that criticism and figuring out how mm-hmm. to do it. They just don't like to have a conversation. It's rare. They mm-hmm. did it with the Mac Pro. Uh, prior to finally releasing it this past month, or this month I should say, uh, you know, there was that conversation about how they did make a big misstep with the Mac Pro in like 2013, 14, and that's super rare, super rare yeah. for them to do that. Uh, but generally, they take it in and <clears throat> and it shows up, it shows up in their products, and that was throughout this year. I mean, I even look at what they did with the, uh, uh, which I guess was the tail end. I'm trying to remember when the 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 iPad Pro with the new pencil came out, but I look at like how the pencil no longer, you know, had to roll around and now, you know, the <laughs> fix, I think it was October right before the end of last year. Yeah. But it's like there, there's a, a, a sense of don't make a big left turn, make an incremental adjustment that specifically addresses a pain point for Apple customers. And I just think that that, 
that's just really smart on their part. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pleased that they did that. I'm pleased that the, the year went uh, the way it did. And uh, but I also think that there is a little bit of the, what 2019 lacks mm-hmm. broadly is a big wow factor. Yeah. Right. Like the I can't believe they did that. Oh, my gosh, that happened. And I don't really feel like that happened this year. We kind of everything was telegraphed, including uh, Apple TV Plus, you know, knew it was coming. We got the you know, the, the March event where they ro- rolled out that the, 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 this is going to be the thing. And then, you know, we get the full launch uh, this fall. So um, they really kind of tee up everything that they're going to do. And they don't do a lot of full on surprises, which is why, by the way, in 2020, I'm really hoping for a couple <laughs> of big surprises. Well, we're going to we're going to jump into our list. You know, this is I think this kind of always can morph of it's a combination of what can Apple do better in 20 and 20, sorry, in 20 and 20, that's not even a year. What can (laughs) Apple do better in 2020? But also, like you said, maybe what are some of those surprises? So as, as the honored guest here on this show, Lance, I'm going to let you jump in with your first kind of starter piece, whatever you want to talk about, what can they do better? Or what's one of those surprises you want to see in 2020? Well, all right. I'm going to talk just about the iPhone because my main criticism of the iPhone 11 Pro, which I and 11, 11 Pro and uh, Pro Max, and I like all of these phones, is that in the face of every other major smartphone manufacturer doing edge to edge screens, <laughs> they're like, "Hey, look at the True Depth module. Like the the notch is is now appears massive, and there's no way in my mind." that it can survive 2020, that this is the year Apple gives us a true edge-to-edge screen as far as it can go on all edges, and they come up with a way, some smart way of keeping Face ID. I don't know what it's going to be, but this is this is where you know I think that they have to do something. I'm not saying that they do a full-on redesign of, mm-hmm. of the iPhone. I, I don't see that. I don't see that coming because the reality is all phones look the same. But I want Apple to lead in this space, you know, take that incredible display that they've been giving us on the Pro and give it to us the whole way, the whole Mm. way. Don't be – they felt a little – there was a part of the iPhone 11 that felt cautious and Pro that – and Pro Max that felt a little cautious to me. And, you know, they're – even the way, and this is, I, I will give them credit for doing this, but it's definitely on the side of caution. You know, it's a little thicker and heavier, right? Mm-hmm. They basically said, you know, let's let's err on the side of having more battery life. Uh, no one's going to really notice this. We're not going to talk about it being the thinnest ever anymore. What's the point <laughs> of that? Uh, most of the time, we would just get people trying to bend the thing, so let's not. And so, you know, they do things in a way where it's safe, it's smart. But, you know, I think this new decade is a great time for them to take a couple of risks. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, I've been so desensitized by it and basically so turned off by it. it. There's a point, right? We know with Apple, you can bitch and complain all you want about something that doesn't work. And I was one of the most vocal people about the keyboard ever since it first came out. And they're not going to do anything until they do something. And until that time, they almost kind of beat you down where you're like, Hey, what I can't complain about this until they change about it, change it. Because unless I change my complete platform and ecosystem, you can only bitch and complain about it so much. And so I agree with you in 2020, you know, we've 
heard the rumors and reports of maybe it's even a smaller notch. We don't know if it's going to be a completely notch that completely goes away. Will we finally see a fingerprint sensor in the screen this year or not? Uh, just coincidentally, a new patent was just approved. I just happened to find it before we jumped on this podcast where the fingerprint scanning technology that's in the MacBook Pro 16-inch, they have a patent of kind of incorporate some of that within the display of an iPhone. Again, this is just a patent that was approved. Who knows if they're going to do it? But right. to your point, they've got to do something about that notch. Even, I mean, fine, make it even half the thickness, but don't tell me we're going to have the same exact notch in 2020. I, 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 I totally agree with you on that. <laughs> I just, they just can't. They just can't. Um, there's a couple other things on the phones uh, that I think is going to happen in 2020 that, that are both important and also like, okay. So one that's sort of oddly for me, oh, just like, so what, is 5G. It's mm-hmm. like, we've been waiting so long for 5G. Everybody's doing it. It's showing up. And now we've got a lot of people testing it. And it's not as fast as some people thought, especially if you use a 600 mega- <laughs> megahertz spectrum. So it's kind of like, they're going to do it. I mean, it's going to be here. Uh, but unless they do something special, uh, they make some sort of deal with one of the carriers to have the best, somehow some sort of hybrid that gives us both the best speed and uh, the most consistent coverage, mm. because that's a real struggle with 5G. It's just not going to be much to talk about, except like uh, it's going to be a checkbox. I mean, we're still in the kind of weird wilderness space of 5G, uh, like we were in the early days of, of LTE and WiMAX, where it's not all synced up. Everybody's got different stuff. It's not all. It's the coverage isn't everywhere, and it's not as wonderful as everyone thought until it reaches that threshold, that breakthrough, and that scale. And then there's going to be the honeymoon period of 5G, where we're all going to be thrilled. And if you have an uh, iPhone with 5G, you're going to be dancing around until everybody gets on it, and then nobody's thrilled because it's sucks everywhere so that's the lifespan of 5g uh so i'm not like oh excited one thing one sort of crazy idea i have for apple and the iphone is on the iphone 12 i'd like to see an iphone 12 se a smaller more affordable mm, iphone let's get bold that, that basically combines a lot of the great technology that, that that lives on the 11 and some on the 11 Pro, but is a size, format, and a price that really you know that that hangs there under under $500. Uh, I think it'll just sell like gangbusters, and uh, I just think it's it's time for something like that. You know, we they've really been expanding stuff. The thing I don't like, even though I do like the 11. But the thing I like the least about it is that it's kind of it's almost like bulky, right? It's almost yeah. like kind of big and bulky. And you know, I know that like my wife is somebody who likes a smaller phone. And you know, I never want to hand her like a large one, but I know she likes the ecosystem. So it's kind of like this why do I have to go to these bigger screens? You know, some people really don't want them. And some people really like something like the SE was kind of an exciting, interesting size. So I think that there's some hybrid between what the SE was and, a, and that 12 SE can be that would be really exciting and really fun. And I think it would be uh, something really special for 2020 in the phone space. Yeah, I think you're right on the money. Look, every time I go out and I'm in different spaces, right, even in the from a retail side, and you talk to some of the workers there, and I'm not even talking about Apple retail. I'm just talking about day-to-day life. I come across so many people who still have that either iPhone SE, iPhone 4 design. And I always ask them, because I'm curious, why do you still have that phone? And they're like, I just like the size. It's the best size. And 
outside of this tech bubble that we are in, there mm-hmm. are millions and millions of people who just haven't upgraded. And if you could say, give me an iPhone 12 that's this size, they would all do it. They would absolutely oh, yeah. do it. And the price, you know the price, they wouldn't make it a $1,000 phone. Maybe they make it a, not a $500 phone, maybe a $600 phone, but they would, it would be that sweet spot that they've kind of been missing. And they've always said, oh, we're going to make a cheaper phone. But it's people, sure, they like the idea of a cheaper phone. But I think, in all honesty, there's so many people that I see that haven't upgraded to an 11 that are that still have their phone from four or five years ago, that they're waiting for a phone that's still that size in the Apple ecosystem. Even this whole rumor of an, a new iPhone SE2 coming out that would be you know, still a larger like 4.7. It's not that four inch kind of do everything with your thumb size. And I think that they could go, it could be gangbusters for them as well. I, my, one of my, how Apple can improve kind of piggybacks on this point, but kind of doesn't because I said, um, let's not do too many iPhones in 2020. And what I mean by that is <laughs> when you talk about 4G and you talk about 5G, I love the idea of this literally this iPhone 12 mini. Let's let's go retro and honor the past a little bit in 2020. Whatever they call it, if they ever do it, there's no rumblings that are saying they're going to do it, but we're just talking about yeah. it. But a recent lineup said they could possibly put out like six iPhone 12 models. So we're talking about the 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 regular iPhone 12 a 4G version which would kind of take place of the current iPhone 11, okay? Mm-hmm. Then Think of iPhone 11 12 Pro, uh, the the current 5.4-inch OLED display with mm-hmm. a 4G flavor and a separate 5G flavor. They're saying that they're starting to see these things that Apple might release a 4G flavor of a phone model and a 5G flavor of a five, phone model. Well, I, I think that the, the 5G is only going to be the max one because of battery life. I think that they're going to have mm. to put it Great in the largest phone to support... Uh, what's probably going to be much more battery sucking technology. And I don't know, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, I'm not clear on what kind of work Apple's doing with their the mobile acquisition they did on the Intel mobile stuff. Mm-hmm. But if it relates to battery uh, management for 5G, that would be great because maybe they can do something special there. But I think what you've seen from other manufacturers is they definitely go for the biggest possible phone for 5G for, for battery life reasons. Yeah, and you know, even Apple might be leaning in towards how can we make this battery life optimal? We saw what they did with the 11 Pro, which I love because I literally get through a full day with that thing. I, I get mm-hmm. down to it, but I can go out and then by the time I come home around six, seven o'clock when I do, I still have a full battery life at a theme park. I didn't bring a battery case at all and I made it through the whole day and I'm always taking pictures and doing things like that. So that although it's nice right now, I could only imagine whether or not they just put it in a in a max size, which makes sense. If they did make 5G available in that iPhone 12 Pro type model, was kind of maxing, bumping up the battery this year, kind of a hint of, okay, we got the battery up so that we can take it right back down the next year if we go 5G, you know? Who who knows? Right. We'll see what happens. Right. But Possible. But I, I, I don't like, I know it may happen, but the idea of, the iPhone line is getting cray cray and I get it. They've all, this is the Tim cook way where they pretty much typically have roughly four to five iPhone models counting back as earlier generations out at one time. So it doesn't, when it surprised me, but I'd like them to slim down the iPhone line just a little bit. 
Well, think about okay. So this is this is us in our bubble thinking. Yes. You know what? The reason I believe the reason that Apple has done this over the years, this expansion, and will do more expansion, is that they're the only company that makes iPhones. Mm-hmm. How many different companies make Android phones, and how many different form factors are we getting now? Like it's it's just it's all over the map, right? So there's if you go in the Android world, you have it seems like you have unlimited choice. So you don't want to be on the Apple side and feel like you have limited choice because you chose to be to go with Apple and iOS. And I think that as Apple increases the number of iPhone options, that's how it combats that. That's how it says, mm-hmm. well, no, no, we, we have the display. So what they don't have ultimately is the form factor choice. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like we've got some, we've got increasingly now, as you look at what's coming down the pike and, you know, you look at something like a new Razor foldables, you know, where you've got, it seems like crazy form factors, you know, whatever you can imagine you've got. Uh, and Apple, it's variations on a theme still, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's the the broader topic that I've been thinking about with Apple is I think that's probably going to change even not with just the iPhone, but with other products too. As And you can see it just changed with the AirPods where it's not like they said AirPods Pro, Pros replaced AirPods. No, you've got the option of the 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 AirPods 2 with wireless, or you've got the option of the AirPods Pro. Uh, so choice. The word choice is part of Apple's vocabulary, and that will continue to be the case. Thanks again to HoneyBook for sponsoring this show. Now, when you started your business, did you dream about all those admin tasks like drafting proposals and contracts and tracking down payments? HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. HoneyBook makes it simple to run your business even better with professional templates, e-signatures, and built-in automation that keeps everything on track and makes you look good. They can even consolidate services you might already use like QuickBooks, Google Suite, Excel, and MailChimp. It is the number one choice for client and business managements for freelancers and business owners. So save time and do more of what you love with HoneyBook. Now for myself, I got set up with HoneyBook and I like the project section. It has this flow that makes it easy to organize the different steps for landing some of the deals and proposals that I get because you can't just remember all this stuff while I'm doing content and handling my billing. So this flow is nice, it's straightforward and I'm looking forward to really using it more and more. So right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off when you visit HoneyBook.com slash AppleBits. That's 50% off your first year. Go to HoneyBook.com slash AppleBits with a Z. Let's drop another one of yours on us that you have here. Okay. Hmm, I've been debating which one I'm going to go with. So <laughs> since I mentioned a little bit, I'm going to talk about this is this is something I think they need to do. Uh so the Apple Watch has been enormously popular for them. They've, they've done really well, uh, best-selling watch, mm-hmm. b- literally best-selling watch, according to them, not just smartwatch. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, arguably fewer people wear watches, but, you know, look around, you can see when people wearing Apple Watches. But I think that in 2020, what I want Apple to do is come up with a another choice, a radical new design for the Apple Watch. What Apple has done up to this point is relied almost entirely on fashion options being in the band and the the digital face that you can choose. But the design, the shape, is has been locked in. There's very, very little that has changed about it. 
uh, imagine if Apple in 2020 introduces a round Apple Watch. Uh, there's a, you know, there is, that would be, to me, that would be really something. I think they could do a beautiful job of it. Um, I think they could even incorporate the standard, the watch band technology they're already using. So you could still use your existing watch bands. Uh, but again, it would be a choice. It wouldn't be a, this is gone. You know, the, the, the series five style is gone. I don't think that that's what they do. They're planning to do. And I don't know that they're planning to do this, but why would they not want to build again? If there's a reason you say you know, somebody's looking for a watch, but they didn't choose our smart watch, what was one of the reasons? Oh, they really like round watches mm-hmm. and we don't have that option. So why not? Uh, there would be technically there'd be some issues on the, the watch OS side because, you know, they'd have to look at uh, interface design you know, because they have round faces as opposed to the square. But I think that's probably something that can work out pretty simply. So that's just... It's something I think they they should do. Uh, it's a totally crazy idea because I've heard no whispers about it. But I figured, you know, we're in a we're in a safe space here. I can say these things. We What's are. We are. Happen? And 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 like you said, this is our list. This is our greedy, selfish. I want whatever I want. Like if I had to mm-hmm. add on to that, give me a give me a circular round watch. I mean, when you say you know this is our safe space, this was probably the first thing when Apple Watch rumors came out that people were actually asking. You saw all the mockups when they started talking about right. Apple Watch. They were all mocked up as round faces, and that was the biggest buzz. When are we going to get a round face? When are we going to get a round face? I would say, even though there's no indication that they're doing that. The best indicator that they might be at least leaning towards some sort of different model form factor, maybe at the very least a slimmer one, is the fact that this year's Apple Watch Series 5, the heart, even the internal hardware didn't change, right? The, the processor is right. the same. The, they mm-hmm. added the always-on display, but all the actual silicon inside literally stayed the same. And that would also tend to tell me that that gives them that kind of extra year to focus on internal development with the Apple Watch somewhere else. And somewhere this might be that new form factor, whether it's round or not, who knows. But at least it, I'm giving you a glimmer of hope, Lance, that yes. this, the fact that this stayed the same might give you that chance to see that round watch. That's what I'm giving to you today. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, here's, my, here's one of mine. Where they have to get better. This is not a wish of mine, but one of the places they need to get better, the smart home. Now, oh my God. Yeah, that's on my list. (laughs) Now, we've talked about this for a while. We know on the show, I talk about it a good amount. We know that HomeKit is extremely, extremely limited with its partners and its um, products that it's compatible with. Fine. That, That may not be changing anytime soon. There was a recent story that. Apple is now joining forces with Amazon, Google, and Zigbee to create kind of their own alliance to now develop this open standard for Mm -hmm. smart home devices, which is great, but that's not going to happen for another year and a half or two at the very least. I mean, this takes time. It's also just, yeah, it's a working group. So whatever that means. Yeah, there's a shaking hands like, hey, we'll eventually come up with a standard. I I feel like Apple even pitched something like this with Apple HomeKit a long time ago when they first announced it. Um, that oh we're gonna partner with X Y and Z and and nothing nothing has literally happened out of that so this we'll see where this goes but when you think about it more than anything I know about Apple's security and how they keep things locked down that's that's fine yep. that's a given but the biggest thing that they still need to do and they're way behind at the most fundamental basic level is Siri needs to be everywhere and they they will say oh everyone has a phone but guess what Amazon Echo's platform Google Home 
Amazon didn't even need a phone because they made it available on every single freaking thing possible. And that is what I'm saying for Apple in 2020. Whether you can keep the same home kit because it's not going to change. But instead of just a home pod in your phone, we need other devices. We need Siri to basically be everywhere so that the behavior has changed. If they want to make a dent in this space, right now Amazon has literally 70% of the home smart I know. home art, like which is crazy. Google has 25 and Apple has five. This is from a report in August. I just remember the numbers off my head because I have to read this stuff. Apple has 5%. If they want to make a dent, it's it's not even sell it's part of it is selling a maybe a home pod mini, but making it affordable enough that people will put these devices around the house everywhere and now be comfortable with using Siri in any room of their home because it's not happening. Well, I agree 1000%. Woo, 1, it's on my list. This is this has just been it's so frustrating to me. Uh, <laughs> and I, I I always try and step back. You know, I'm always, I I make a lot of smart home choices in my house. I like bringing in new devices uh, fairly frequently and I just for example, I just added a smart uh, smart plug, uh, and it's funny, you know, the smart technology in my house has to pass the Linda test. Linda's my <laughs> wife, um, and you know, depending on how she feels about the technology, it tells you whether or not it's winning. And mm-hmm. we had for the smart plug, which I, by the way, got on a Black Friday deal for four ninety nine. Oh, Lance! <laughs> so. Uh, I got it arrived and it was for a very specific purpose. It was to control our Christmas tree. And Ah. uh, so, so plug it in, I got it set up and she said to me, we were going to watch something on television. And she said to me, Oh, the, uh, the the, the tree is reflecting in the, um, (laughs) on the screen. And I said, Alexa, turn off smart plug. She goes, do you mean first, the first plug? Yes. Click. My wife comes over me and high fives me. She's like, I want that switch in every outlet in the house. Like this is a, like she like and that doesn't happen very often. And that's and there's very few things I've done where I've introduced Apple's home, you know, smart home technology where that has happened. Uh, it doesn't have the ubiquity. It's not in a small speaker. You know, it, you know, HomePod is a gorgeous speaker. It's powerful. Yeah. It's wonderful. But it's big, heavy, expensive. It's $399 or actually $299, I should say. Uh, and I have no idea why Apple is so stuck on this, like why they're literally walking as if they're they're taking steps through molasses. It's just, there's a bizarre, there. see, Apple's winning points on the security side by going mm-hmm. ultra slow. And, but I think they're overcompensating there. They're, they're almost like, they're acting on the echo chamber. Like if they only listen to people in the tech media, they'll believe they're doing a fantastic job and Amazon and Google are the monsters of the universe. <laughs> but the reality is you have to look at actual consumers and what are consumers buying? They're buying tons of Amazon devices mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. all day long. And it just keeps happening. Echo dots sell like crazy. So yeah, People like, oh my God, they know everything about you. All these terrible things happen. And Kumar's like, well, I can just turn things on and off with my voice. I don't give a crap. They don't care. Yep. And so Apple's like walking around going, patting itself on the back. Where are the privacy champs? Where are the pri-? But they're not delivering. They're not delivering the smart home solution that people need. So, yes, yeah. you're right. This needs to be fixed. This is a big target for them this year. But I, I've always I have tremendous faith in Apple. I believe they can do it, and I think this is the year 
this is the decade for them to kind of like light up and get it right. Because uh, it's still a big open market. There's still so yep. much opportunity. I don't, this, by the way, this alliance, uh, you know, I sat with Amazon a few weeks ago and we were talking about the need for, you know, things to work with humans and that they actually launched their own sort of uh, like voice interoperability alliance. And guess what? Google and Apple didn't join. And so, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's, you know, everybody says they're trying to do this, but nobody's really doing it yet. It's going to be consumers who are going to force it because at some point they're going to go, I can't take this. They're going to start to, you know, slough off various voice assistants and some are going to die off and, and like Bixby probably yeah. going to die off and others are going to survive. But they, you know, Apple, Apple really just needs to listen to the consumers, get this right. Alliances are nice. But they kind of have to fix their own house first. And, you know, they can do there's two basic things they can do to make to at least start making this transition easier, because when I think about my buying habits and then even talking to some of my peers who love tech, like you said, the smart home is completely untapped. But it's also to me one of the most exciting spaces because you put lights in one room, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I want to put some lights in another room. Now I'm controlling, <laughs> now I'm controlling my TV to turn on to the correct inputs, launch the proper devices and set the lighting at the same time. Like it keeps on, you kind of almost work in levels. You start with a smart speaker, then you start with a smart speaker and some lights. Then you do some smart speaker lights and a smart plug. And all of a sudden this, and it's like almost every year you're kind of trying or every six months, you're trying something new. If Apple just makes a more affordable, smaller HomePod mini somewhere, and the big thing, they need to get rid of using Siri on an Apple TV through your remote where you have to press a button. People are comfortable with just talking to these devices, and they need to put some sort of voice control directly in Apple TV. There were rumors about this like four or five years ago. They still haven't done it, and that is one of those things where let's start small and do those two basic things and then make some devices more available with Siri in it and also maybe open it up. So there's a few more major partners. That's the big yeah. dream, but you do a few of those small steps and it will start changing and tilting the direction. But right now I feel like your, your point, they're molasses, they're stuck in the mud and it's not really going anywhere. Right. And that pricing is going to be important too. They yeah. come out with a, a home pod mini or something like that. And, because you know, Amazon will continue to undercut everyone on price. Absolutely. I mean, and so Apple has to to think about that as well. There's a way to to not necessarily win, but really compete in this game. And yeah. Apple's simply not doing it. Yeah. One last thing before we change topics. I even thought about how IKEA is making their own smart blinds and smart appliances. And guess who they don't work with right now? Apple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there's reports that they will eventually sometime early next year. It currently works with uh, Google, but not with Apple. So it's again, right? You have these big brands that are doing big things, and Apple's not in, you know, in sync with them, and that hurts out of the gates. And that always it continues to kind of just be this. Let's just pile on and how bad they're doing on in the smart home. So okay, right. I put that out there. Your turn, Lance. Uh, so the the obviously the Apple bundle. So Apple mm. Prime, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I I literally have too many bills from Apple, too many separate bills. For so many services, and Apple doesn't like. There's not a moment where Apple goes, you know what? You're a fantastic customer. Let's give you a bundle deal, and you'll save X amount. No, they're just like, give me more 
money. <laughs> and uh, the only good news is that I put all of those bills on the Apple card. Mm. So I get a little bit of money back. Uh, but it's it's just ridiculous. There's a, a it's also because it's a, a huge opportunity for Apple. Apple's business going forward, a big growth business for them is services. All right, the, the, the hardware is very important, but services is a is a winner. It's a growth area, uh, and they can do even better. And the way to do that is simply introduce. You know, Apple Prime, whatever they want to call it, <laughs> uh, and it's got it. It'll have the, the the TV and the music and the arcade and you know the iCloud storage. You know, I mean, I gotta save. I'm paying for two terabytes now for my family, oh, and I'm paying oh. for the family plan for music, and I'm paying. I mean, it's it's mind boggling, and it's not like I don't. I love all these services, and but I do don't feel like they're they're saying to me that I'm a valuable customer. You know, the one thing they did, the one thing, and this was a really smart thing that they did, is they said, oh, you have a new iPhone, you get a free year yep. of of, uh, of TV+. Apple Plus. TV+. Plus. Yeah. But, you know, again, that's, that's actually, I'll, I'll say that because that's one of my other topics. But I will just say that was at least a smart way to do it. But this is an obvious thing. And we've been talking about this for a long time. And it, it, it's kind of a way of instead of lowering all your prices on cloud storage, which I think people have been pushing for a while, this is kind of a smarter approach. And mm -hmm. I think it, it'll actually help Apple more than doing that. Yeah, it's, it's a great it's a great point. I mean, a bundle. How about this? I'm not asking you to be to be the financial wizard, but off the top of your head, knowing how much you pay for all these services that you currently have, what would be a fair price? Because I don't know if they'll ever bundle everything together, but let's say, let's say they'll take Apple TV Plus. They'll probably throw an Apple News Plus because it's not doing the hottest, and Apple Music. And together, how much do you think a bundle like that should cost? If Apple are they only give us like a three four dollar discount or what? I yeah, I don't know. Off the top of my head, like I would say, if Apple did something like forty nine ninety nine a month, and it included all of their services, yeah. And how much yes, storage? Two ter yeah, two, yeah, two. I yeah. Mean, you don't give anyone. You know, that's a bit. I just talk. I was just talking to someone about this. About you know the crazy good business of data. Like mm -hmm, how insane. Mm -hmm. What a great. Like it's like. I do you ever see The Graduate? No, okay. You you want me to be just horrible and say no? I have not. All right. Well, The Graduate's a classic movie. Dustin Hoffman. There's a really important moment where he's just gotten out of school, and some like <laughs> somebody my age basically puts his hand on his shoulder and says, "I have one word for you, son: plastics." And I've said now, if you made that movie, he would say data mm. because that's the big growth industry. Mm -hmm. You know, cloud data, data of all kinds. Um, so you know, it's really. When you've got phones shooting 4K and TVs viewing 4K, you know, it means you're, you're going to be – and pictures that are bigger than ever. All of these files are huge. You've got to have two terabytes. Everybody's backing up their phones to the cloud. Uh, and I, I had started with a lower amount, and I ran out. I ran out, and we all ran out, and there was panic. Uh, so we can't deal with that anymore. <laughs> So we have to have two terabytes. Meanwhile, uh, you know, it's like I, I'm still worried. I, I want more than that. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I, I've thought of like, oh, I'll never eat up all that data, and I'm like starting to get yep. a little nervous. I mean, so all those photos add up too, you know. They do. I gotta stop taking pictures. What am I doing? 
<laughs> just stop. Just completely stop. Yeah, it's, it's enough. Stop. Stop documenting my entire life. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Just stop that. Just stop that. Yeah. All right. So that's that's great. The bundle. Okay. Here's one. Um. You know, we talk about we talk about bold surprises or just a flat a product that makes you say yes, like thank you for this. Now, I'm guessing you know where I'm going because this this product would apply specifically to you, Lance. Apple glasses. Now, there's been all types of rumors <laughs> of things being thrown around. <laughs> maybe it comes out next year, or maybe it's being pushed out to like 2023. Again, I don't want to rush them. I have, to me, it seems like they're. I don't feel like they're ready, ready to roll out with anything yet. But if there was one product that could be like that surprise <laughs> product to make us happy and. I, and feel warm and fuzzy inside and be like, Apple's innovating. I'm going to say, throw out the <laughs> Apple glasses, but give them a sunglass option for someone like me who does not wear glasses. Well, I had it on my list. <laughs> and I wrote I wrote in my notes, AR glasses. Seems silly, but I wouldn't mind. Yeah, like, exactly. Because I, I, it's not... Um, I don't know. I guess, yeah. So obviously I wear glasses every single day. Um, but I think that one of the things that, the, that companies that have done this have discovered is that if you're going to try and do this, you have to partner with like a Warby Parker, right? Mm-hmm. You can't really go out there and say, we made glasses. So Apple would have to have a partner like that and then be you know, working with them to not not bolt on technology, but have it integrated. Mm-hmm. And it would not look silly like the original uh, Snap, Snapchat goggles. It wouldn't look like that. Uh, they would look like glasses, um, but they would have like a nice, you know, useful AR overlay screen. But there is the weird, you know, Apple tends to not introduce things that make you look strange, mm. leaving aside the very first version of AirPods, which everyone thought made you look strange. Um, <laughs> I kind of disagreed. But, when you wear AR glasses, the overlay is probably not going to be dead center in front of your eyes. It's going to be off to the like upper left or something. Remember when you wore Google glasses, totally. you were, sometimes you'd be looking at somebody, but you weren't looking at them. And it'd be, they'd look at you like, why are you looking like that? So Apple has to deal with that. They have to figure that out. Um, and I just, it's, it's also, it's an incredibly niche product. Mm-hmm. So this is a, you know what they talk about with movies, fan service? <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah. they did something in the movie just to satisfy the fans. <laughs> and if they, if Apple made this product, it is a total fan service product. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with actual consumers. They'd be like, why the hell would I want to wear <laughs> augmented reality glasses? You know, Snapchat introduced theirs. You didn't see like tons of people wearing them. You saw a bunch of people who like to live live blog. Influencers, influencers were like, right, gotta exactly. get a line, gotta get it, gotta get it. It's yes. the hotness. Yeah, yeah. But Apple is about ultimately about the mass market, the upscale mass market. That's why they always charge more. But they are about the mass market. So, you know, looked at from that perspective, you know, this comes too close to being like an experiment, like mm-hmm, something Google mm-hmm. would do. Uh, so. I know it's always on the radar and I know Apple's always, it's like the kind of thing that they research and look at. And also I think sometimes they do it just to throw people off the scent of another trail. Like, yeah, (laughs) sure. Put out the patent, whatever. Let them chase their tails doing something that they'll sell to like a hundred people. We'll do something we sell to 10 million. So (laughs) 
it's it's it is so true and i think at the same time look again you have you tried on that product called focals yet have you checked out their product or are you familiar with them at all yes and, yes i ha- i have talked to them more than once and they're interesting because when you talk about a stylish type of glasses they they mm-hmm. definitely understand you know who knows what the direct they're one of those people or companies that is in the space early i get what they're trying to do i think their glasses actually look good obviously the mm-hmm. ui and interface isn't the cleanest but it does the job and that it will get better and they're kind of trying to be in that space first until some major company potentially apple comes and says oh we're gonna do exactly what you did but we're just gonna put our own os on it that's fine but you know you see that and i'm like even when i tried on the product and you know they had me fitted with it i thought it was i thought it was interesting i thought it was like okay i could it was the first glasses that i would say i would actually wear these in public because i liked how they looked that was beyond that and what you hit on with whether it's a Warby Parker or whoever it is, people have to feel comfortable wearing these things. And this is coming from someone who's not a person who wears glasses. I almost tried them out and played with them for a while just to be like, in a weird way, would I wear these if Apple made these? That's why I was doing it, right? (laughs) Because I'm probably not going to buy them from anyone else if I ever did. And the answer is, it's, it's intriguing enough for someone who doesn't wear glasses I wouldn't wear them every day, but if I did have something like that in a sunglass format that I like the style, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I would probably buy it, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they convinced me enough that. from a fashion standpoint that as someone who likes style that I might actually really consider this, even if I don't wear glasses, that's the first time I ever felt that way. Well, all right. So all right. <laughs> you're the glad you're the guy wearing glasses. I, be like, I, I am, but, but here's what I, I'm just sitting here thinking that. <laughs> We're in a weird place right now with technology where people are sort of going, maybe we're overdoing it a yeah, little that's bit. That's a great point. So, so look, when I have a message or I have a notification, I already have my, my Apple Watch on my wrist and I'll feel a little beat or I'll, I'll glance down and there it is, right? Do I need to put it up in front of my face? Like, don't I need yes. a break from yes. having the technology like get between me and life? Yes, yes. So, so I think that that's, you know, there are a lot of situations where I to say, oh, my God, I've got to augment my reality. <laughs> like it's super specific, right, where I need – I don't need to know the, the, the weather 24-7 because I can feel it. Mm-hmm. I'm outside sometimes. I don't need to know the, the news every single moment because when I'm ready to look at the news, I will pick up my phone or I will glance somewhere. But otherwise, I need to – you know, there's a time where you need to focus. And so I – if I'm in a specific, like, this is why HoloLens has always been interesting to me because I get for the corporations, like doing something specific where you need to get help on fixing something, you know how to do it, and the guidance is right there in front of your hands, and that's powerful and useful. Uh, but in everyday life, uh, I, I just don't know. And I also think there could be a backlash, and that's and not something Apple wants to deal with. Yeah. No. Like, and you know what? I think this is also, look, I'm, a, I'm the old school guy that I love the Apple Watch because. It allows me to not bring my phone around sometimes when I don't want it mm-hmm. just because it lets me be in the moment and, you know, just uh, kind of just not worry about a screen. But I think you and I and like the, as generations are changing, when I see my nieces and nephews, they want they are fine looking at a screen all the time. Right. And I wonder if right. there is you're right, there is going to be a pullback. I'm waiting for that generation that is going to be the one that pulls back. Say, hey, 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 
too many screens. And you're you're starting to feel that from maybe people like us. But when I see the younger generations, they can't have enough screen. Like they're, yeah. they're born with them out of the womb, looking at their parents' screen and then knowing how to navigate it at two years old and figuring out an iPad. And they're already touching like my laptop screen when they're younger, thinking it's going to work, right? Like they're just kind of wired different, <laughs> wired differently because of what they're exposed to. So it is it is interesting like will will we ever see that point i don't know but i i don't know i i once i tried on those focals i did kind of like the idea a little bit more than i thought i would because you yeah, can turn I it off when we'll you see. want to we'll see <laughs> i know what, what if you're the one lance in you're the guy that's like get off my lawn you're like no oh i may i may already be that guy <laughs> <laughs> all right um we have we have a few more minutes but let's keep on cranking through um any others that you got that you want to talk about uh, so I do want to talk a little bit about Apple TV Plus and the need for – so it's what it's a four ninety nine a month service, right? Yes. But it feels a little bit like – and I don't mean this in a really negative way. Just say it. But it feels like you, you're getting what you pay for, right? <laughs> there, there are only a handful of shows that are of interest and and not all of it. Like C, people just like me. Morning yeah. Show has gotten better. It's, it's pretty strong. But – it's about to be done, right, for this season. And Apple, by the way, is super aware of this, that they've kind of got a bit of a drought. They don't have enough in the pipeline. They don't have they don't have enough to compete. That's why they're talking to theoretically, we've heard they're talking to a couple of people, MGM, which, mm-hmm. you know, like owns 007 franchise, and they're talking to some sports franchises because they realize that they have to own some of their own IP. They cannot compete with a Disney which owns so much. And is only charging like a couple of bucks more a month. So uh, they really have to up their game. They're going to have to invest billions more in creating original content. And I don't know. You know, this is it, this is a risk for them uh, because it's such a, you know, what flies in, in sort of television watching, right? In television and movie watching is so capricious. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, as I'm talking to you, a couple of movies have come out. You know, one is The Rise of Skywalker, which we're going to see later. The other <laughs> is um, the other is Cats, which which they spent a boatload of money on, a lot of technology on. It is one of the worst reviewed movies of the year. Like just, and 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 so much money was spent. And this is the world that Apple is actually now operating in. That it has no idea when it makes these shows if they're going to be accepted, if they're going to be embraced, if they're going to be watched, if they're going to continue to additional seasons. They just don't know. And this is not how they deal with things. Mm-hmm. They got they usually have lots of testing, and they have really the telemetry and helps guide them, and then they can do incremental stuff. You know, there's no such thing as doing a C 2.0. You know, it doesn't really work that way. You know, <laughs> if they didn't like the first C. It's it's closed, you know. They're closing their eyes, and it's done. You know, there's no more C. <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, going going with the going with the vision reference there, Lance. Right, right. So <laughs> so, you know, this is an area where they have to, they really have to up their game and invest even more if they're committed to this, which I truly believe they are. It's part of the the service strategy, um, and so we, you know, making deals, getting more stuff, making unusual purchases to get content libraries. Apple's got to do it. This is the game now. This is it. This is also a game that I don't, unless they do something sooner rather than later, once late 2020 to 2021 hits, they better, they better. And it, again, it's so fickle content there. Look at how many shows are out there. Look at how many pieces of content are out there today. What we're talking about 
10, maybe not even thousands, more than thousand, maybe even close to 10,000 pieces of content that's constantly going. They're also competing against YouTube and Snapchat and Instagram and all this stuff. And think about how many shows end up becoming like that top of mind show, even for a little yeah. bit of time. It's in a year, it might be a handful of like maybe two or three. And so for Apple to try and hit that is going to be really hard. And why I say they better get it before end of 2020 and 2021, that's when Disney Plus is starting their parade of Marvel shows that connect to the Marvel movies and then the Star Wars content that connects to their own, like they have an Obi-Wan series, a Cassie Nandor Rogue One series, more Mandalorian, like, and I'm not even talking about other Disney and Pixar content. I'm just talking about, you know, the Marvel stuff is the Star Wars stuff of this generation. It's, it is what the culture is about. And once that waterfall happens, it's, it's, it's going to be hard to catch up. I mean, this really puts into stark relief the differences between these two companies. You know, Disney is a content Mm -hmm. company. Mm -hmm. It really understands how to make content. And Apple's a product company that is trying to make content and a specific kind of content for, you know, that appears on your TV screen. And uh, you can see for Disney, they're just flexing the muscle they already have. (laughs) They're flexing it harder. And, you know, I... I like the morning show. I do too. But it, but it's not as effortlessly good as the Mandalorian. No, there's something more accomplished about that. That, that, that there's an understanding that I think that Apple will take a decade to get to. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's fast. I love it. I love to be on the outside of this. I love to watch the battle. I think we're going to be the benefactors. We're going to see great content come out of it. But Apple has its work cut out for him. And they, they really need to do some big moves in 2020 to prepare themselves for what's going to happen 21 and 22. Absolutely. I, I'm 100% with you on that one. Okay, Lance, um, we got about a few more minutes left. If Do you have any more that you'd like to hit before I let you go to go run over to the movie theater and watch <laughs> Star Wars Rise of, of Skywalker? couple of very fast things. Yes. Um, I'd like to see a Mac that could compete with Chromebooks. Mm. I'll tell you why really fast, because uh, at this point on the notebook space, uh, the Mac still has about 13%. All right. So, and the Chromebooks sell like crazy. Uh, I think that there's a competitive space between Chromebooks and iPads, but I still think that there's an opportunity for Apple to do something with, with the Macs, uh, with, with, with laptops, that is a super affordable one that appeals to schools that is not, you know, starting at a thousand dollars. So I think there's something there. And then, uh, finally, and I have to ask you, maybe I'm crazy. This is a really small thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a small annoyance. When they updated the app store, the update section disappeared. I can't find it. I can't see it. I used to be able to just click on update and see all of the apps that I had to update and stuff that mm-hmm. I hadn't updated. Mm-hmm. And now I can't see it anymore. And I would just like in 2020 for them to bring it back. <laughs> hey, Lance, this is a safe, sp- safe space. And I'm hoping that someone from Apple hears your cries and um, listens. My, my two quick ones, they, they fixed the keyboard on the MacBook Pro. I want them to make a legitimate keyboard case for the iPad Pro. I want a legitimate because I hate the keyboard case that they have for this flat little piece of rubber. It doesn't cut it for me. It just doesn't cut it. And <laughs> the last thing I've talked about a lot also, um, the biggest objective next year, for, and it wasn't the sexiest one, 
get their iOS their, their next iOS software, get all that update stuff, get it in check. It was bad this year. iOS 12 was the year Oof. of fine tuning. iOS 13 had four or five updates in the first five or six weeks. It was brutal. And it's still getting yeah, updated. Weird. They they need I to know. get they need to get that tightened up big time in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> All right, Lance. Well, you know what? Um, that was awesome. Thanks again for coming out. We'll have you on again. We will see whether you get your round Apple Watch or I get my Apple glasses, sunglasses in 2020. <laughs> our awesome. re- our <laughs> reaches. Hey, we can dream. We can dream. But thanks again for coming out here, Lance. Really appreciate it. Uh, it was totally my pleasure. All right, everybody, so that was our conversation of what Apple can do better in 2020. Did you all agree with those things, disagree with those things? I'm sure you have some of your own. I'm sure you were like nodding your head. You're you're like, yes, you're like, no, I don't care about that at all. I'd love to hear about it. All you have to do, record a voice memo, send it to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. I know we're on the break, so it might take us some time to catch up, but I think it's still important if you call us with what you're hoping to see from Apple in 2020, we'll include it on the show. Also, big thanks to those who support and sponsor this show. That would be you. Look, we've got love from our Patreon Apple Platinum supporters. That's the $100 level. Thank you so much to Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Calvin Fatikar. Thank you for all your support. And I continue to tell you all to rate the podcast, five-star it on iTunes or the platform of your choice. We hit 1,000 reviews. That is crazy in, what, less than a year and a half. Uh, we are topping what other Apple podcasts are doing. It's it's pretty amazing, and I just appreciate your support, and I will continue to work my butt off for you. And you can help if I've given you any value over the time. Help me at patreon.com slash Tong, starting at $2 a month. But that's going to do it for this week. We will have another episode Next week, it's going to be a real interesting one with my friend Patrick Coleman talking all about the smart home. It's going to be really cool. A lot of in-depth stuff there and nuggets that uh, I didn't even know myself. But until then, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care and be safe. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.